Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN Sunday for Sunday, January 8th, 2023. We've got another great show for you this week with members of the Media Academia Financial Services and Government as we break down and analyze all the news and events for the week. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode of BRN Sunday. Kick off the uh, show with a look at what's happening on Capitol Hill in terms of regulation, litigation, and uh, legislation. I almost forgot <laughs> forgot the topic. But joining me on the line, you know them as the Legal Eagles. We also know them fondly as David Levine, Kevin Walsh. Both are principals with Groom Law Group, and that's an employee benefits law firm based in Washington D.C. Gentlemen, Happy New Year! Thanks so much for joining us. We look and um, appreciate having you on the program this morning. Happy New Year, Jeff. I- it's good to be with you as always. We appreciate it. And, you know, we may have secured 2.0 in the bag, but as we've said, 3.0 is in the process. And this year we're going to pivot a little, maybe not this week, but maybe next, into a combination of health and retirement. But we'll talk more about that separately. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kevin, I want to come to you first. We're going to talk about, I think, privacy and cybersecurity today. Why don't you kick us off? I mean, what's top of mind for the legal eagles? What are some of the developments in this arena that our listeners, whether they're plan sponsors or individuals, need to be thinking about? Yeah, so top of mind for me this week is privacy. And it's kind of top of mind because, you know, when when states pass laws, when when Congress passes laws, a frequent effective date is, you know, 1-1 of some year. And, you know, we've been talking for a while about California and CCPA. But, you know, beginning in 2023, We've got four more state laws that have come into effect. So we've got Colorado, Connecticut, Utah, and Virginia all now have comprehensive data privacy laws that are, are taking effect. Now, what that means for the benefit space, you know, right now, if we look at just the, the text of those four new laws, and I'll pivot to California and then, you know, federal at the end. Um, if we look at those four new laws, they have fairly robust um, language that makes clear that that they're not designed to interfere with the administration or provision of uh, employment-related benefits. So, you know, if we're looking at things like um, financial wellness, we're looking for 1K plans, we're looking at, you know, retiree health, we're looking at, you know, even, you know, to, to preview next week a little bit, we're looking a little bit at health plans. Um, you know, the laws as drafted, you know, they don't seem like they're going to have too big an impact on the administration of benefits in a way that's going to mean that people can't have access to the benefits they've come to expect from their employer. Now, we also, then, once they've come online, regulators start getting involved. And, you know, in each of these states, you know, they're in the early stages of figuring out, you know, will there be rules that apply to, to these laws apart from the text and text themselves? Um, or, you know, will regulators step in and say, you know, there's some nooks and crannies that we really need to flesh out. So four new laws took effect. Kind of a wait-and-see approach to see what's going to happen. And, um, and No, go ahead. Go on. No, no, finish your thought. I'm sorry. You're going to finish your thought. Go ahead. Well, I was going to pivot to the fifth state that you've been focused on, California. So if you've got a question about the, those first four, let's do that now. No, I don't. C- continue yeah, on. Okay. I, uh, go ahead, although, Dave. Although, although Kevin, uh, I, I have one comment here. Of course, HIPAA, of course, still applies. So that's part of what gets carved out in some of these states that doesn't get the focus, right? Yeah, it, it does. So I think one thing that we've seen with health benefits is that, you know, health is already 
very regulated from a privacy standpoint in a manner that, you know, retirement benefits traditionally haven't been. So, David, that's an excellent point. Um, if we look at California, you know, we had CPRA, which was that legislative initiative to amend CCPA. Um, and, you know, that ballot measure passed a few years ago. Um, those CPRA changes take effect at the beginning of this year. Um, one of the key things with that is it eliminated the carve-out for uh, employment-related benefits and eliminated the carve-out for the business-to-business data transfer exception. What this means in the benefit space is that, you know, it's likely that, um, that, that you know, benefits providers and others are going to have to really work with the regulator, have to work with the legislature to make sure that, you know, as those carve-outs expire or, you know, in light of that, that the ability of, of you know, employers to provide meaningful benefits doesn't take a hit. Um, where we've seen here is there's, there's regulations that the, reg, that the regulator is working on. Um, they're expected to be finalized by July. And, you know, between here and there, there's going to be a lot of discussions with both the regulator and the state house out in California to see if we can make sure that when those things get finalized, um, they don't meaningfully interfere with employment-related benefits. David, do you want to provide any color on that? Kevin, I think you hit it well, and I don't want to burn time in the segment, so go ahead. Okay. The last thing that I want to talk about before I hand it over to David Levine to talk about um, cybersecurity um, at the end of the year last year, there was some talk that a federal bill could be attached to the year-end omnibus. It was not attached. But what we've seen is there's still strong legislation. Um, you know, assuming that at some point the House of Representatives uh, gets an order and has a speaker, uh, <laughs> we wouldn't be surprised to see 2023 be the year that, you know, there's a lot more discussion about comprehensive federal privacy legislation. And in all likelihood, it'll look something like last year's bill, but there will always be some tweaks to the new Congress. So I think if we're looking at the year ahead, I think we've got to be focusing on the regulators at the state level and we've got to be focusing on Congress. Yeah, really, really good point. Go ahead, David. And, and, I'll, and I'll add, you know, with Congress, we're recording this on a Friday and it'll obviously be broadcast on, on Sunday. We may have a speaker by then, but of course, with the divided my bet, Congress. My bet is January 13th. Fine. <laughs> but, but with, with the divided Congress, I think if they're looking for things they get along on, as Kevin points out, there was some agreement framing up on privacy, so we should really watch. But if it's okay, I'll pivot over into cybersecurity for a brief, for just a couple minutes. Sure, yeah, let's go. So cybersecurity, you know, in some ways, cybersecurity is maybe a more evolved space a little bit in that the DOL has its cybersecurity tips that are out there. So in the so in the benefit plan space and the SEC has has guidance especially for like advisors and, and such and they're doing enforcement at, at the different agencies where do we go from here well let's talk about it about amongst our core constituencies that, that of course are good enough to listen with you every week Jeff first let's talk about retirement let's talk about sponsors and planned fiduciaries the DOL continues to put cybersecurity at a, as a key portion of its investigative process, and that's going to continue. It is, as I said before, it's a bit of a whack-a-mole. The questions went from 10, like three years ago, to sometimes four and a half pages long in a plan sponsor investigation at this point. So the key is looking at what your corporate cybersecurity policies are, because the DOL is going to ask about that, but also saying, well, what is the plan? And if you're a plan fiduciary, 
gathering information. You have like the Spark Data Security Oversight Board and the Spark standards. And record keepers and other service providers have been coalescing towards a lot of those documents. And, you know, Kevin and I are involved with Spark, so full disclosure on that. So you're going to see that continue. So it's about being ready if the DOL knocks on your door, because almost every investigation now, even if it's not the beginning, they sort of say, oh, and tell us about your cybersecurity. It's almost like a standard part of the process. Number two, there uh, on the on the plan sponsor side, there is also the discussion of insurance. The ERISA Advisory Council it has been has been looking at all these different issues. They've been and and we've been going through this. And part of the discussion on this is, well, who's responsible for cybersecurity breach? What is a breach? Because a lot of old-fashioned fraud gets characterized in our modern age as cybersecurity breach. We're we're going to be seeing potentially more litigation when someone's account gets drained just due to fraud. And the question is, who's responsible? There's a lot of litigation we're involved in some of the cases, so I won't talk about them. But the key is that's uh, by name, but that's an example. Separately, if you are a service provider, and whether you're an advisor or consultant, a record keeper, TPA, any other product, their cybersecurity is obviously a standard part of contracting now and a part of diligence on any transaction. But there's also the fact that the DOL and the SEC too, but I'll focus DOL for the moment, is very actively doing it, doing it, and they're doing widespread DOL investigations where they ask all about a provider's book of business effectively. What are your practices and how do you, how do you work? So if you're on the provider side, and that means more than a record keeper and TPA, it's important to really be thinking about this. Kevin and I are spending a lot of time right now, not only on the privacy side, but with clients where we where we're actually going over sort of that intersection of ERISA and security that we kind of live in. What are your policies? What are your practices? How does it work? How does it fit with the DOL tips? How, how like, how does it work in operation? How do you manage liability? And this is designed to try to make everybody on the same side coordinated, including sponsors and service providers. So as we look forward this year, you're going to see more on that. You're going to see more litigation. But I think that sets the table for now. And I know we've talked a long time in this segment. <laughs> yeah, so, Jeff, was... I'm going to stop. Oh, well, I, you don't ever have to stop, David. I think you guys, you and Kevin, did a great job. Obviously, this is a topic that we will be covering um, throughout the year this year. And uh, there will be continue to be developments because when you look at the, the major press, not just benefits press, cybersecurity, privacy, hacking, That's that's those are some of the top stories. Uh, every year and have been for the last five years. Gentlemen, we're going to leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, listeners. Thanks, Thanks. for having us on, Jeff, and thank you, listeners. Thanks, gentlemen. Bye-bye. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? 
especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and call Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the reports so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit Repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. Now time to talk about the first week of trading. Joining us online, he's the lead anchor for the TD Ameritrade Network, Oliver Rennick. Oliver, great to talk to you. Happy New Year. Thank you very much. Likewise to you. All right, Oliver. Um, I saw your post on LinkedIn, but I have to ask you, New Year, same old, same old, or New Year, new stock market? Kind of a different path to probably the same result for stocks which is uh, downward, but uh, there are some uh, signs of a bit of a shift in the market regime that sort of conveniently has aligned with the calendar year. It's been going on for about three weeks now, evidence that risk of recession is becoming a bigger issue than inflation shock. Um, but we're not completely out of the woods from inflation either. So we have this lingering concern about prices that are still very high, even though they're no longer escalating the way they were at quite the same extent, but there's still problematically elevated inflation levels. Uh, but at the same time, we're also seeing some uh, fairly severe deterioration in not just manufacturing data, but also this week, we saw a big decline in services data, and that's suggesting that slowness in the economy is uh, perhaps taking hold despite a very strong labor market. So it's a very confusing sort of amalgamation of economic impulses, but for the most part, they add up to too high inflation and not enough growth. And so... That's not going to be good for the stock market, most likely. That's why we have tech companies leading the NASDAQ back down to the lows. 
Um, and uh, it might be a little bit of a different type of economic problem, more slowdown than inflation as a result of growth. Uh, and so the cause for stocks coming under pressure might be slightly different, but it looks like they'll probably still be under pressure. Uh, you mentioned tech stocks leading uh, the NASDAQ down. I mean, <clears throat> we just saw Amazon, I think, announced that they were going to lay off a whole group of people. Um, is there is there still no sign that things could return back to some level of normalcy, at least that we're used to when it comes to the tech area, Apple, Amazon, and some of the other the other big names, Meta or Facebook, whatever they're called now? We have to be very fair about our definition of normal. And <laughs> That's the true. definition of yeah of normal is probably more like pre-COVID, which was still a very good time for uh, tech companies, but um, it was also pretty unique in that we were experiencing a great degree of uh, disruptive software development uh, and a natural adoption of good technology. And then COVID sent that into hyperdrive at a pace of adoption that is not only unsustainable, but has taken away from future growth for these companies in such a way that a return to normal is probably looking something more, um, not just like pre-COVID, but even pre-pre-COVID. So the uh, potential for tech companies going forward is about as poor really as it has been in some time. Um, and that is coming from not just higher interest rates, which are detracting from the value proposition of owning tech stocks and thus the multiples they trade at, but also coming from the literal slowdown in growth that is leading to these layoffs. Um, for example, Salesforce, the best and premier um, software company really in what they do Long-standing early disruptor, making layoffs is a very symbolic event because they were the pioneers sort of of the growth at any cost for a long time. They succeeded in that, um, and now they don't need um, to have the same sales force, literally, of salespeople uh, that they once needed. And so a lot of these software companies are going to be doing the same thing because the number of customers to sell to has decreased dramatically because any business that needed any of the software during COVID had to buy it and had to subscribe and they're locked in. So the new client is very, very hard to come by right now because if the, if a, if a software product or service has a real true function that a business needs, then the business would have bought it and subscribe to it in the last year because uh, there was no way to operate without the correct software, cybersecurity, remote work. And so either these businesses don't need a particular product or they do and they've already bought it. And so you're going to continue to see these companies shrink um, their workforce. Oliver, so with that in mind, where, where are you seeing – what what seg segments of the economy, what sectors of the economy are you seeing flows? Is it industrials? Is it energy? Well, clearly energy, or it was energy, was on the uh, up uptick. So where where are people yeah. 
putting at least in the short run because in the long run, right? I think you want to take that long-term, steady eddy approach. But in the short run, where where are you seeing investors put their uh, their greenbacks? There's a lot of um, services and customer and consumer activity right now tied to reopening trends. That's where you see a lot of strength. Um, people are trying to fly. If Southwest doesn't cancel their flight, they're trying to book hotels. They're trying to go to China. If China will let them. Oh, man. But there's a lot of travel services and uh, labor that is needed in these industries of hospitality, leisure, uh, travel, fun stuff. Um, obviously, tech companies are slowing quite a bit. And um, also, a good bit of the manufacturing demand is slowing after the COVID boom that required all these supply chains, logistics, and manufacturing companies to really get their house in order. That impetus is slowing as well. And that's been evident in the data with manufacturing data contracting now for a couple months. What is a shock was this week on Friday, we saw ISM services data actually showing contraction. That was not supposed to happen. That's supposed to be expanding. That suggests that the consumer and this travel and reopen trend could be very short-lived if people have blown their savings this fast. Mm, mm, mm. Well, it's going to make for an interesting full week of trading and full month of trading. We're just going to have to, have to see how things go. Oliver Rennick, always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much for stopping by the program, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the program again Thanks, next week. Man. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Take care, Oliver. Bye-bye. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Sunday. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, then drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more. And guess what? All in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives? Check out our latest content? We'll visit our website and, of course, all of our 300 streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget... Roll with the changes.